right, welcome to the latest episode of the Foster and Foster Integral Podcast. It's my pleasure and privilege today to be joined by Farrell Jenny, who is the lead plan administrator heading up our administration practice here at Foster and Foster. Uh, good morning, Farrell. Good morning. Um, I must say, uh, we have to thank our, our sponsors, Benny's Funeral Home. Can you trust us? Of course you can. We'll make you drop dead gorgeous. Um, Farrell, is this your first time on a podcast? It is. Is this your first time ever? Have you ever even listened to a podcast before? Well, uh, given that I travel quite a bit now, I have listened to some podcasts. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Well, I, I will uh, I will cut you a little slack so this is your first time participating in one. But uh, I guess the, the goal here is today to just have a, a pretty casual conversation about your role at Foster and Foster, where you've been, where you're going. And uh, so with that, let's just kind of get into it. You have been at Foster and Foster how long now? A little over 11 years. 11 years. And so when you... When you were hired at Foster and Foster, did did we hire you to uh, become the lead plan administrator? You did not. Um, <laughs> I was hired back in in 2010 uh, as the operations manager, um, and I will still remember to this day preparing for my interview and having to Google what is an actuary. Um, right. So <laughs> the place where they bury dead actors, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that. In fact, my, my memory is a little weird. I remember your resume was, um, it had like blue lettering on it instead of your traditional black. I don't know if you remember that. May have just been the printer that was used to print it out. But I was like, why would someone use blue ink on their resume? But you did, and it worked. Um, I don't think it was necessarily the blue ink, but. Uh, I don't know. I think I might have been low, low on the black, and I just hit print in blue. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. That could be. That could be. So, so your role as the operations manager, what, what did you do at Foster and Foster way back in the day? So as the operations manager, um, what I was tasked with is working very closely with the actuaries, um, finding some efficiencies in the processes they, that they have, really being a liaison between the actuaries and, and the trustees and our clients, um, giving updates on where different projects were, making sure things went out on time. In fact, I think they loved to call me the broom back in the day. Um, and it was a very interesting role. Um, I learned a lot. Um, we all know that starting a new position is tough. Um, but when you are starting a position where you're just trying to learn terminology um, and basically a new language and, and not one that you would find you know, as a high school elective, it's the world of actuarial language um, brings its own set of challenges. Yeah, I think one of the interesting parts about that role that ultimately prepared you to be a good administrator, I think, is just that you had to keep lots of plates spinning. You had a lot of different tasks to perform in a, on a daily basis. Um, it wasn't just focusing on one thing. You're focusing on hundreds of different things at the same time. And, and that, that has served you, be, mastering that skill has, I think, served you well as you've moved forward. Um, so, so tell me this, when did, when did we uh, decide to, to move you into a different role? Do you remember what year that was? I do. It was in 2013. So I think I was about three years or so into, into that operations position. And I really started to feel like I was 
taking ownership of the position. You know, I under had a good understanding of what we did. Um, I can't, you know, do a benefit calculation, but I can certainly tell you soup the nuts and the steps to get there. Um, and I just learned a tremendous amount those first few years that really um, allowed me to grow as a professional. And so when the conversation came up in 2013 to, to start this new venture, um, it made a lot of sense. So, so just to get this straight, when you came to Foster and Foster, you didn't know what a pension was. You didn't know what an actuary was. In fact, you might not have even been able to spell actuary at the time. And then you, you, but you got hired in this role, you mastered this role, and then we brought you into a, a very established uh, part of our business, which was plan administration, right? That is correct. Although, how, how established was it at the time? Well, in 2013, we had zero clients. Um, so it was really <laughs> something that our clients were coming to us. We were kind of hearing, hey, would you guys think about offering plan administration services? So that's really, you know, how this venture took place. And that was really the root of, of this new wing in our division. So this is something that Foster and Foster had never done before. But your fearless leader was crazy enough to say, hey, we can do this. And hey, Farrell, you can surely do this. You, you can do what you're doing today. You can surely handle plan administration. There's nothing to learn, right? That sounds about the, the, the basics of the conversation that happened in 2013. And, and I said, well, you can handle this. We'll just, I'll go out and try to get you some clients. And then you, you just service them like a professional administrator. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so do you even remember, because I'm not even sure I do, um, who our first clients were, were, were or who the, who the first client was? Yes, uh, we had uh, the Edgewater Police, Fire, and General Plans were our very first plan administration clients. And we basically did it for close to free, as I recall. Yes, I believe yeah. that they had budgeted um, a, a bigger amount. Um, and so we said, hey, we're going to throw in plan administration services and keep you at the same fee. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's bad that I remember all the financial pieces of this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So came from, you came from, from not being in the industry. You started in a different place in Foster and Foster. Then you, then you were told that you're no longer going to be at your old position. You're going to spearhead a new division uh, of plan administration. Tell me a little bit about how difficult that was, how easy it was, or, or what kind of a transition that was for you? There definitely was a transition on, on different fronts. I think the, the biggest change was going from an internal role to being a client-facing role. Um, because as you know, you know, when we started this venture, um, I knew that I was holding the Foster and Foster name and our reputation. Um, so that was something that I took very seriously. I wanted to make sure that I was representing the firm. Um, that I was giving the best services possible and certainly the correct information in this new role. So I found myself, you know, uh, sitting in on different client meetings that the actuaries would go to just to understand soup to nuts, how a meeting ran, you know, taking notes of the different players that would come to meetings, um, the steps involved on postings for agendas, um, really learning more about the plan administration terminology, things that I didn't necessarily see as the operations manager in an internal role working um, side by side with the actuaries. So there was definitely um, a shorter learning curve because I had that exposure early on in my career. 
um, that gave me the opportunity to learn about the actuarial piece. And then it was really just applying the plan administration piece and, and tying those together. Got it. So that was eight years ago. We got our first client. How many clients do we have today on the plan administration side? Today we have 64 clients. 64 clients, huh? And, and are you the only person in the plan administration practice? I am not. Um, <laughs> so as we talked about early on, we just had a handful of clients and we slowly added to our book of business. Um, and then in 2016, we ended up opening up a dedicated plan administration office in Cape Coral, Florida. And that was just so we could better serve our local plans and also, also have space to add that staff. Because uh, if you remember, Brad, um, our wing was working out of the Fort Myers office in conjunction with our with our actuaries. And so, you know, we started to say, hey, we're really growing and, and we're kind of maxed out in our current space. Let's move across the bridge to Cape Coral, service our local plans and have a space to grow. Um, so today we have 13 full-time employees. Um, just this year, we also opened up a dedicated Tampa office that we'll be hiring for a couple more positions. Um, and then uh, last year, we opened up an Illinois wing, um, and we have our first uh, handful of Illinois pension clients. Yeah, it's really exciting. So we're growing not only in the state of Florida, but now outside the state of Florida, which is pretty cool. Um, so, so you've taken it from, from nothing to, to something very substantial and hopefully, ultimately, a, 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 you know, a nationwide uh, consulting venture. Um, so in, in sort of reward for all of, all of your good work this last year, something cool happened to you, right? Yes. What's that? In January of this year, I became a partner of Foster and Foster, which was very humbling. Um, really kind of made this full circle of starting from not knowing what a pension plan was, um, to really applying myself, um, giving the opportunity to head up a division, uh, shine in that role and now become a partner of um, a very well-known uh, firm that um, was something unexpected. Um, and like I said, uh, humbling for me and just uh, brings a huge smile to my face. Uh, yeah. it's it, it, And so when we get sued someday, um, you, you know, we'll all be in jail together, right? <laughs> hey, listen, I'm the flea on the dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm teasing. But so, so tell me then, so you, you have gone from where you were before to now a partner in a, in a nation, a national company. What advice would you give your 25 year old self or any other 25 year old woman, by the way, um, if they were wanting to follow a similar career track, whether it's at foster and foster or somewhere else? I think I would have to say is believe in yourself um, don't let your challenges handcuff you or paralyze you. Rise above them and find a way to let your sharp shine, shine so that it can't be ignored. Pretty good, pretty good advice there. Um, so kind of pivoting a bit, you know, one of the things that, that I dislike most about Foster and Foster is that we give out far too much uh, paid time off. And um, in fact, way too much. Uh, one of the one of the many days of paid time off that you took a few years back was to Costa Rica. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience in Costa Rica and kind of how how everything went? So Costa 
Rica is somewhere that I have visited quite a few times in college. Um, I've always loved the country. And so me and a handful of my girlfriends thought it would be a, a neat trip to have when we turned 30. So we plan about a week trip, um, going to the beach, surfing, doing some hiking um, through the rainforest of Costa Rica. Had a great time. Uh, we all stayed at the same place, followed the same itinerary, um, came back, shared our pictures, you know, a, a great memory shared on that trip. Nice. Um, and about a week and a half later, um, I started having some flu-like symptoms, not feeling well, just thinking I was coming down with a bug. Um, long story short, I was in and out of the ER a couple of times. I couldn't really pinpoint what it was. At that, at that time, they had that bird flu um, so they thought it was just a weird strain of the flu. Um, my symptoms got much worse um, to the point that I developed a very high fever and I lost my vision. Of course, I was rushed to the emergency room. And after uh, many tests, I found out that I had malaria. So, um, so, so that was definitely a shock. Um, to the credit of, of my family, I don't remember any of this. I was in a medical coma for about six days. Um, unfortunately it was onto my brain before they figured out it was malaria. Um, what I was told is they actually took my blood, put it on a helicopter and flew it to California to do kind of the last effort testing of, of what was going on. They couldn't get the brain swelling to stop. Once they found out it was malaria, of course I was given, um, immediate anti-malaria drugs, um, came out of it about three, four days later. And really had to kind of hit the restart button. It was very eye-opening. Um, I had to learn to walk again. Um, I was very lucky that I did not have any symptoms today um, that is, uh, kind of goes along with having malaria. So that was just a, another challenge that instead of, uh, you know, it's defeating me, it's okay. This is uh, another hurdle to get over. Um, this is going to be hopefully an inspiring story for someone else that may be going through something medical related, um, and, and came on, on, on the other side. Yeah, that was, that was kind of crazy. I remember, I don't know if it was you that texted me this, or it might've been your, your husband that said, um, I've got, you, Farrell's got, uh, parasites in her liver and it's not good. Um, and, and I remember thinking what in the world is going on? <laughs> Um, but, uh, fortunately, yeah, you, you came out of that, uh, and overcome that challenge like every other challenge and, and, um, doesn't sound like you have any symptoms today. So that's a blessing. No. Oh, and let me tell you, it was, there was nurses that were just poked their head in the room. We like, we've never seen somebody with malaria. We just want to see what you look like. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was like full hazmat suit. I mean, the full nine. So it, it was, uh, very wow. interesting. Wow. Wow. Well, I think what I take from it is that, that we're probably just giving out way too much vacation and we probably should scale back a bit to prevent <laughs> things like this from happening to any of our colleagues in the future. So maybe we can maybe, maybe work to, to curtail some of that um, in the future. Well, um, you know, as much, as much wine as I've drank with you, you would think that any parasites in my liver would just die, but yeah, right. it doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, then I should be very, I should live a long time and be clean then. So um, <laughs> if that was the case. 
Let's go to, well, well let me ask you this uh, before we get into the, the, the next piece. I have one other, one other item to cover. So we're up to 64 clients in the plan admin side, and we've opened up an office in Tampa, opened up an office in, in Chicago on the administration side. Where are we going to be in five years? Where are we going to be in 10 years? Well, to kind of mirror your earlier thoughts, um, I think that this can be a substantial piece of the, of the business, um, continuing footprint, um, moving into um, different borders across the nation, especially since we have uh, two offices, one in Michigan, um, one in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So definitely some opportunities there to, again, um, really lean on the experts that we have on the actuarial side. There's a lot of synergy between the actuaries and the plan administrators working together, having mm-hmm. access to the same database, um, and just being able to provide the best uh, services to our clients and members. That's that's fair. That's fair. Do you think that that in five years we could have 25 to 50 plan administrators? We could, yes. Yeah, I, I, that's sort of the way I see things tracking and and. One of the reasons that we went into this, I can tell you, um, at the onset, was that that plan administration uh, tends to be a very, very important component of of uh, how pension funds work. Um, and from the actuarial side, when you work with poor plan administrators, it makes our lives miserable. When you have good plan administrators, you can be a lot more efficient. And so. By having an administration practice, um, not only does it serve our clients well, but it serves our actuaries well. And as a selfish actuary who likes to be served well, um, it, it's 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 certainly worked out for the best. So, all right. So let's let's kind of wrap this up. I think I've got. To, I'm going to do a little bit of a quick lightning round here for you, um, where I'm just going to ask you a quick question and you give me a a fairly quick answer. And it can be about just about any topic. So um, okay. you're on the you're on the hot seat here. Um, this lightning round, of course, brought by Vinny's Funeral Homes. When death comes knocking on your door, you come knocking on ours. Make us your last stop. Okay. N- first question: Number of times you've heard people refer to you as Wonder Woman in your office. And what time period? <laughs> Since working at Foster and Foster. Um, fifteen. I would bet. Would I make a good plan administrator, yes or no? No. <laughs> what is the most important attribute in being a good plan administrator? Organization, follow-up skills, good communication skills. You're right. I'd make a bad plan administrator. How many miles could you run right now without stopping? Six? Pretty good. So the name of this podcast is called Integral. Do you know what an integral is? No. At least she knows she's not an actuary. Farrell, thank you so much for being on our podcast. It was a pleasure having you. Congratulations on on your successful career that is just still in its early stages. And we will catch up with you down the road. Thank you very much, Brad. Pleasure to be here.